Bills Mafia, what's going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome, Built in Buffalo fam, back to another episode. Bills move to five and three after a huge win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, twenty-four to eighteen. But now they have a new challenge ahead of themselves. They have the red-hot Cincinnati Bengals, who are now four and three, off a couple good wins. So it's going to be a good challenge in Cincinnati Sunday night. Huge game. They need it. They absolutely have to get it off the edge starts right now as we dive into it. What is going on, Built and Buffalo fam? How you doing? Welcome, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We got another good episode for you guys today. Big win from the Bills, as mentioned in the intro. Another huge game coming up this Sunday night. So a lot to dive into, especially even with the trade deadline that just passed. So a lot to dive into. Bills made a couple moves, getting ready for the rest of the season. Second half of the season's officially going to be starting soon. So huge, huge week coming up for the Buffalo Bills. I'm back again. Akeem's back again. We're ready to roll. Akeem, how you doing on this fine Wednesday Wednesday evening? Uh, hey, Rich, Akeem Richens. If you don't know us by now, please get to know us off the edge, built in Buffalo. Ben, my brother, I am doing, I'm doing well. Right, it's midweek. Uh, we got back into the win column, and I think that's that's the most important thing here. We're we are we are spoiled to see how good we've been over the years and when we play bad even in wins us as fans we want to have our negativity about it so it was def definitely good to get back in the win column and i'm doing i'm doing pretty well this week yeah i mean it's 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 not what you know you would want in a, in a buffalo bills win you know you you always want you know the 45 to to 3 game or 45 to 7 you know you want a big win but the reality of it is it's the NFL, and it's hard to get those every week, um, especially against, you know, a Buccaneers team who hasn't played that bad this year. They've been they've been a fairly decent team this year. Baker Mayfield's played a little bit better, um, as well as, you know, they still have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. they got a plethora of guys. Rashad White on the offensive side defensively. We know what they have as well. So they, they were a good team, but the Bills came out with the win. I think the score doesn't reflect how most of the game went. Um, I think the Bills, it seemed as though they were in control until almost, again, the last five minutes where it seemed like uh, they might somehow find a way to blow this game. Um, but they didn't. They didn't. They get the big win, 24-18. So before we dive into the specifics of the game, just what are your general thoughts of the game? Um, obviously, you know, like I said, they didn't score 45 points. They didn't allow three. You know, it was a, it was a, it was a game that you look at and you say, you know, it was kind of a weird one. Um, 28, 24 to 18 doesn't really seem like the final score there. So what are just your initial thoughts on, on the whole game um, this past Thursday? Uh, uh, initial thoughts. I was concerned about the Buffalo Bills offense in terms of what they wanted to do within their offense. Mainly identity. What type of team are we? Are we a run team? Are we a pass team? Uh, 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 what's our strength? And I and I believe our identity was blurred a little bit during the last couple of weeks. We didn't know what we wanted to do. And against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think we got back into an identity in terms of understanding, watching the game what the Bills' plans offensively were. Short passing attack, get the ball in 
get the ball in your receiver's hands early so they can make plays with the ball and 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 get that yak yardage and i think that was a, a good sign for the offense early on right um supporting cast is something that i noticed as well everybody's been talking it's been just been getting louder the whispers is talking uh, uh coming into speaking terms in terms of what the bills are offensively do they have other guys that can beat you or is it just josh allen and stefan dix and to see gabe davis have nine receptions to see shakir have six receptions 92 yards to see kincaid run more of a of a broad route tree and be successful and have five receptions 65 yards one touchdown uh it was it was something good to see along with stefan diggs having nine receptions so i think uh that was great to see as well and last but not least ken dorsey right ken dorsey we saw him make a concerted effort to get gabe davis the football there's been a lot of talks about him and how he's being utilized or if he's a number two receiver and i think ken dorsey did a great job getting him the football and utilizing the route tree in the short passing game with him as well and i think it just opened up the game for everybody else so my initial thoughts were i i understood this week i understood the uh the game plan the attack and the approach from the buffalo bills offensively and that was good to see yeah and i think the key there was especially right at the end there where you said you know you understood what the bills were trying to do you understood what their offense was all about and that's what they were missing against the giants against the patriots you didn't seem like they they knew what they were fully trying to do this game it, it, it was again it was a weird game I, that my when i'm looking back at this game it's like well the offense played a lot better than just 24 points in my opinion or Josh Allen threw the ball 40 times, he completed 31 passes, threw for over 300 yards, yet it's only a six-point win. Like you, if, Looking at the box score, you wouldn't expect what the game, the score to be what it was. So that's why, you know, it, it really was just a weird game. I think this, I think the score should have been a lot more lopsided. I think we'll get it, we'll dive into it a little bit of why we that could have been. But yeah, I mean, like you said, it was just nice to see this offense really get going. And, you know, they didn't put up 50 points. They didn't put up 60 points. But they put up a 24, and they moved the ball even when they didn't score. Even when they did end up punting, they moved the ball down the field. And then, you know, they said, oh, you know, we'll, we'll punt. We we're confident in our defense. We're confident in the guys that we have on the other side of the ball. So I, I was very impressed with this, this team. I know a lot of people were very, very nervous going into this game. You know, you lose to a 1-5 and five Patriots team. Next week is probably going to be you're gonna you're gonna have some nerves, right? Especially after the week before that, you struggled against a very very bad Giants team um, that can't seem to do much right right now. So it, it's just it was a nice bounce back win this week. Now obviously a huge new challenge, but before we get into next week's game, I do want to ask you about Sean McDermott and the questions he received after the game and how you think. The, he should have handled those in-game situations. So Bills four times didn't go for it when they were within two yards of the of, of the first down, within one yard of the 50-yard line. So they either 49-yard line or farther, farther on, they decided not to go for it. It's the first team ever in the NFL to not go for it at least once. The statistics did show... You know, it, it might have been the right decision. It might, you know, you didn't, you couldn't really have gone wrong the other way. So, my question to you is, though, do you think Bill should have been more aggressive? Sean McDermott should have been more aggressive on those fourth and ones 
fourth and twos from about your 50 yard line when you're only up two scores or are you not as you know concerned about that do you think maybe it's just because of the team that they played i think you're on mute buddy <laughs> yeah yeah i think you have to look at it in 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 two perspectives one perspective you have to look at it in terms of okay the offense has looked better today than in recent weeks but it's still not where it needs to be yet and we don't want to put it ourselves in a situation to give another team any type of of momentum right so that's one way i look at it and the other way i look at it is the buffalo bills defensively they was playing stout they was playing really good football baker mayfield didn't do much uh, I know uh, Godwin and Evans both had touchdowns, but I think they combined for about eight receptions, 93 yards. I think Mike Evans had 30-something yards. So because of the Buffalo Bills in the second half not being, to, not being able to execute like they did in the first half and because the Buffalo Bills' defense were, were, were dominant for the most part, uh, uh, held Tampa Bay Buccaneers to 78 yards rushing as well. Uh, I believe they went with the, the flow of the game and, and, and played the field advantage game, especially the type of offense that we've seen from our Buffalo Bills the last several weeks. We don't want to give another team a short field or or easy momentum because we can't or we didn't complete a fourth down. So I'm not too concerned with with the decision Sean McDermott made based on the team we played and based on the game flow throughout the course of the game. Yeah, and I do want to give a shout out to Sam Martin who had a had himself a day. I mean, uh -huh. you have four punts, mm -hmm. three of them are inside the twenty. One is a touchback, but you know that happens. But 75 percent of your punts inside the 20 that's phenomenal and you know i think that also factored into it is if you have confidence in your puncher to pin them back each time or almost every time and that mm -hmm. that that played i think a huge factor in it, it was well do we want to go for it and maybe not get it and they get the ball then at the basically the 50 yard line each each of those times or do we want to just pin them back inside the 10 yard line and force them to go 90 yards and i if i'm not mistaken that last drive for the Bengals, i believe it was like one of the longest drives in recent uh memory so i'm gonna actually look this drive up because it was mm -hmm. it was a long long drive and you know i think they ran almost i want to say almost 20 plays or something but let me see recap here Maybe they don't have it, but uh, we'll find it later. The long drive. Anyway, you're, talking, you're talking about with the with the plethora of mistakes the Buffalo Bills end up making on defense. You're talking about that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It just the drive took forever, and it took a lot of time off the clock. So mm -hmm. I mean, it, you you as Sean McDermott, yes, you people as fans, you always want to say go for it, go for it, go for it, because you want to see them score, you want to see them keep going on offense, and you want to see them just put up 50 points each week. But at the end of the day, you you have to play to win. And mm -hmm. as I said, the numbers showed slightly that it, it made sense to, to punt the ball, um, especially with how the defense is playing against the Bucs. And again, those all factor in. Those those chances all factor in who you're playing as well. Mm -hmm. So that's my thing is if you're going to play this week against the Bengals, you got to go for it. You cannot, you cannot punt it. Maybe one of those times you do actually punt it. But majority of those times, I feel like you have to go for it if it's a better team like the Cincinnati Bengals. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they, it, it's the team that I'm fine with punting it. Now, 
would I have gone for it? Probably. I think a lot of us would have gone for it at least once or twice of those four times. But, you know, you got to understand why or where he's coming from. The only thing I will say that bothers me every time they do this is when they fake going for it. I'm fine with that, but you have to go for it or some, sometimes in order for that to work. If you're going to go up every time and fake, fake, go for it every time, the defense most of the time is going to say, you know, we knew that coming into this game. We knew that they don't go for it on fourth and one, fourth and two. Why should we even consider jumping? It just rarely works. And it, I think that's what pisses a lot of people off is seeing this happen and thinking, oh, they're going for it. They're going for it. Well, in the back of your head, you're saying, no, they're not. They're just going to fake it again. They're just going to call timeout or they're just going to take a five-yard penalty. So that's the only part that frustrates me. Mm -hmm. If you're going to fake, go for it. You have to do it every once in a while, right? Once every couple of games, you have to actually go for it. And it just seems like they very rarely do, if ever. Um, so, and it just, it seems like it never works. I think I've seen once Josh Allen ever draw somebody off sides in my, in, at least that comes to mind that mm -hmm. I can think of. And it's because it rarely works. It rarely works in the NFL in general, faking go for it. Not even mm -hmm. just the Buffalo Bills. Any team you look at, it rarely works faking it. So I, I think that that's the only thing that, that really it bothers me is seeing them continue to try to get people to jump off sides and it's not it, it it never works it never works and you know i think if you want it to work you have to go for it it's a couple times so mm -hmm. i don't know what do you think about that part do you think that they do need to go for it just to also get that or do you think eh, it, it's the nfl most guys aren't going to jump off sides anyways <clears throat> i think at some point um the buffalo bills will indeed go for it at some point during the season uh, but I, you know, I, I understand the reasoning behind faking going for it, even if, you know, even if you, the likelihood of the guys jumping off sides is is unlikely. There's there's still a chance. There's still a possibility. You never know what might happen. Uh, a defensive player might space out. There might be a, a, a play where <clears throat> it might be a play where defensive rotations are, are 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 made and and now this player is not as cognizant of what's going on because he hasn't been in the game so because of the chance and because of possibility i think that it is it is uh an option for the bills and at some point i i do agree with you in the sense where they they do have to go for it at some point and i think they will yeah and like to finish it off, like the Bills, like I said, they're they're not the only team, right? They're not the only team that fakes going for it. They're not the only team that that does this where they punt every time. And it, it, I get it; it's frustrating to watch because you you do want everybody wants them to put up fifty. Everybody wants to do it, and it's just something that you can't always, you know, do. You know, you got to play the play the number sometimes. And we know Sean McDermott; he's always going to have trust in his defense. I mean, he's a defensive coach. His defense has been very very solid all season, so I think he's going to have in most games confident in them, in, in them unless it maybe is a Bengals team or a chiefs, you know, team that, that, that can really do it. So that can really, you know, whoop the bills or just really put put the pedal to the metal uh, against the other teams. So I, I'll bring up a couple of the comments here. Thomas here with, I think they, sh they keep faking it, not going for it because they will start to go for it at some point, but they want you to think that they won't in big games, they will pull the trigger. And yeah, that makes sense. I, I think, you know, that's a very fair point. There is, yeah, they might, like I said, they're going to wait. They're not going to do it against a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. They're not going to do it against a New York Giants team or New England Patriots. They're going to wait till 
week 17, 18, 19, maybe even just wait till the playoffs to go for it to really throw teams off. And then JP here, I like faking, faking, go for it. Uh, excuse me, can't speak right now. I like faking, go for it. Um, what do they have to lose? And yeah, that's a good point. I think it's, like I said, though, it's just something that, you know, when you see them walking out there, you're like, ah, they're not going for it. You know, it, like, you know, it going into it. And I think that's the frustrating part. But as we both alluded to, we both understand why they do that, why they don't go for it, why they do punt it. So at the end of the day, I'm not going to, you know, be up in up in arms about it. I'm not going to be throwing a tantrum about it. I'm going to just say, you know, I wish do I wish they went for it. Yeah, maybe once or twice. But at the end of the day, it's football. And I understand that they're going to play the numbers. But moving on, I do want to ask you before we get into our stock up, stock down. I got one more question about the Bucks game for you, and it's what concerns you the most? Because again, this is another game where we said it, it shouldn't have been twenty or twenty-four to eighteen. It, it seemed like a game the Bills handled a little bit better than that, but there were still some areas of the, of the game where you were not confident in the Bills, or you, you were just a little bit shaky on. So, what to you is the bit was the biggest concern watching this game? Um, after you maybe you were able to watch it again or maybe just review everything that you watched uh biggest concern in this game is the inability to put the tampa bay buccaneers away this game shouldn't have been 24 18 this game should have been 35 10 41 13 it should have been something of that sort so to keep a team in the game is concerning because when you do keep keep teams in games, especially teams that are better than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you're, you're, you're asking for trouble. And that's when things can, can turn left and you can perhaps lose the game. And we've seen the Hail Mary. It came down to a Hail Mary for, you know, the Buffalo Bills. And that's a six-point game. And when you look at the replay of the Hail Mary, that ball was pretty – it looked catchable. If the timing was a little better, you know, the game is a is timing in the game in inches. And if the timing was better and the ball was a little uh, to the left or to the right, it, it could have been a different story. So uh, I definitely want to see the Buffalo Bills uh, put teams away. The fact that we regressed in the second half, only scoring seven points of offense, uh, I believe Ken Dorsey went away from the short passing attack a little bit. Uh, uh, in the first half, I seen him get the ball out quickly, get the ball quickly in Gabe Davis' hands, get the ball quickly in these guys' hands so they can run upfield and 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 get those yak yardage. And I don't think uh, the Buffalo Bills did that, and Ken Dorsey did that as much in the second half, uh, especially when players and players are not being executed. I think some in the second half was execution as well, but there's where – there's where it can it it can snowball if you're not careful because there's so much different parts that go into uh, a, a thriving offense or seeing the offense thrive. So we wanna we wanna see the Buffalo Bills' uh, ability to play uh, this style of offense we've been accustomed to seeing for a full sixty minutes, not fifteen, not thirty, not you know. We wanna see that for a full sixty minutes, and until we get that, then you know, there's always going to be questions about what what's going on with our offense. Yeah, and I think you know that 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 can be for a couple of reasons of you know why they can't put it away. But I think another reason that makes it even more nerve wracking and more of a concern is the fact that there's been so many scary endings, like Marianne points out that you know you have the Giants game where you somehow comes down to the final play of the game, 
you know, you can't put them away. And then the New England Patriots, you take the lead late. You can't, you can't, you just can't let that touchdown drive happen at the end, but they do. So three straight games where it's kind of limping to the finish line. And one of them, you actually do lose against the Patriots. It's, it's a cause for concern. My side that I'm going to say is the biggest concern is the run defense. And I want to just bring it up because, you know, the, the, they didn't run for 150 yards, 200 yards, but they, they ran for 4.6 yards per carry. That's a concern to me. If they would have ran it more, I think they could have won this game. Uh. It seems like they strayed away from it. I mean, Rashad White's only gets nine carries the whole game. Uh. I mean, that's your leading guy, right? That's your leading guy, and you only give him nine carries. Next leader was three with Baker Mayfield and Chase Edmonds tied there. So, for me, it's the run defense. I want to see a little, little bit more from this, the, the guys up front here. I think they're still trying to figure out without Daquan Jones what type of defensive line this is going to be because they aren't even getting after the quarterback fully either. So I think for me, more maybe more so the defensive line's a little bit scary, but it's just they haven't been the same as they were to start the season. And is it because Daquan Jones is gone? Is it, you know, somebody else is battling an injury? Is it Vaughn's just finding his way back and kind of, you know, he's not the same as he he's used to being? It could be a lot of different things, but it's all of those things. I think it's all yeah, of those things. It's mm-hmm. all of them combined, and it's mm-hmm. just it's a little bit concerning, especially going up against a team like the Cincinnati Bengals, who you're gonna have to get pressure against. You're gonna have to get into the backfield and you're gonna have to force Joe Burrow to be uncomfortable. So it worked against the Bucks, it was fine against the Bucks, but that even alludes to you know to the, your your point of they're they're not closing games out. And they can't because it seems like they're not getting to the quarterback as much. They've had four sacks in the past two games, and that that's not what they, we saw in the first three, four weeks of the season. We saw them getting after the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those, I, I have confidence that they'll figure it out, especially now that Rasul Douglas is coming in, which we'll get to a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that they'll be fine. But, yeah, the run defense is a little concerning. We'll see if they make more of a defensive tackle, which, again, we'll also get into a little bit later. Um, but, yeah, I mean – at the end of the day, they ended up coming out with the win, so you can't really say there's too much concern. They won, mm-hmm. right? So it's the NFL. If you yep. win, the win, as long as you win, right? So we'll, we'll see um, how, how it goes this Sunday. But before we move on to the trade deadline talk a little bit, I want to do a stock up, stock down. Mm-hmm. We'll start this week. I believe we started with the offense last week, so we'll start with the defense this week. Mm-hmm. And you can take your pick if you want to do stock up first or stock down, whichever one you want. Uh, stock up, stock down with the defense. Yep. All right. Um. Uh, so let's go. Let's go stock up with the defense. Let's we'll start right. with we'll start with stock up with the defense. Uh, I think the Buffalo Bills. I think they did uh, rather well defensively. Uh, I like uh, one particular player in terms of stock up and and the numbers. I don't think jump out at you up, but I do think he he played a, a great game. We talking about I said stock stock up, right? I'm sorry. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think he played a great game and I like how the Buffalo Bills used him defensively. And that's uh Jordan Poyer. I I think that he played uh, a very well rounded game. And there's been a lot of talks with Jordan Poyer in terms of is he the same player? Is Father Time uh, creeping up to Jordan Poirier. I know he's battled through a lot of different things last year and battled through some adversity. So to, to see Jordan Poirier play safety and then come down and play linebacker on third downs and and be that versatile guy that can play uh, can play the middle of the field and can come drop in the box and come play linebacker, I think we saw uh, 
all those things in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. And I, and I think that it's something that the Buffalo Bills can lean on and, and grow up, grow upon uh, for this defense as the season continues. Uh, we have Matt Milano that's out. We have uh, uh, guys that's injured and we're trying to figure out the, the best ways to combat these injuries and utilizing these guys versatility is uh, uh, can be a, a, a combative way to to address some of the deficiencies that the Buffalo Bills do have on defense. So uh, I think the Buffalo Bills did a great job with utilizing Jordan Poyer and his versatility. So stock up for Jordan Poyer and, and being as versatile as he's been for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, and I think I think for Jordan Poirier, it's even one of those things where it, it might help him in his his next season too, because mm-hmm. he's not, mm-hmm. you know, he, he is. At the end of the day, these players do get older, and yes, they will slow down a little bit. I don't think Jordan Poirier slowed down to the point where he's, you know, not a top tier mm-hmm. defensive player on this team. So, and it was nice. It was nice seeing him in the box a few more times. I think you're going to start seeing that a lot more, just because you know we we do have injuries, as you noted, mm-hmm. and. I think it works. It works well. He's a guy that can that can play the run pretty well. And and you know, as David even says here, Poyer having that versatility allows us to put our best eleven on the field. Mm-hmm. Perfect. That is the perfect I, I fully agree there. It, it's mm-hmm. you always want to have the best guys on the field and being able to now get Taylor Rapp on the field a little bit, get him to be able to play safety next to Micah a little bit, have all three of them out in the field. It causes can cause problems for the defense. This was something that we even I think talked about weeks ago. We talked about it before the season has started. Is the fact that they love these positionless guys that can you can plug and play. You can you know the, the offense isn't going to know what's fully coming from them. They're not going to know is Poyer coming, is mm-hmm. Taylor Rapp coming, is Teron Johnson coming, mm-hmm. and that brings me to my stock up, which is Teron Johnson, another mm-hmm. another defensive back there and. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I would classify him fully as a defensive back. I know he plays, you know, he plays, he plays the slot. He plays nickel, right? But he just does everything, man. He really does everything. He can, he can cover well. He can get after the quarterback, which he did this past Sunday. He gets a sack. And then he also can play the run, man. He, he's, he's arguably one of the best tacklers on the team. I, mean, I don't think he's the best, but he's one of the best. Mm-hmm. And it's it's amazing to see how he plays the run. Every time you see you see him make a tackle, he's third on the team in tackles. Well, tied my well, second actually because there's two tied, which is Poyer and Bernard. Uh-huh. But you get a guy that can do it all. And I think Teron Johnson. People I've heard a lot of talk of. Oh well, next year do they get rid of Teron because of his contract? And I think I even brought it up a couple of weeks ago, saying you know they could move on from Teron at the end of the season. But with the way that he's playing with how important he looks to this defense and to this style of defense, I just don't see how you can get rid of him. And he's really just playing well. So he played a huge game last this last week, four solo tackles, one sack, a tackle for a loss, as well as, you know, a QB hit. Um, and it was just another phenomenal game for Teron Johnson. So I, I'm, I'm excited to see him. I think that they, should, if anything, should try to extend him a year or two, um, you know, with his contract being up next season. He's still fairly young. I believe he's 28 or 29, so he's still, I think, got a few years left in him. So, Teron Johnson, my stock up there for the defense, and then I'll just go right into the stock down that I got. I got. I do have two, actually, so I'll let you go first in case you take one of them. So, I'll go with the other one. So, who do you got then for your defense stock down? Ah, uh, so stock down for the defense for the Buffalo Bills. I, I, so I had kind of honestly, I had a hard time choosing stock down for the defense for the Buffalo Bills, but I chose Taylor Rapp. 
I chose to, and, and it's interesting, right? Because I know Taylor Rapp is not a name that uh, probably will be on stock down for the defense. But one thing I found interesting is the play that he had a pass interference on. I think that was out. That was a big play, and I also think that that shows the type of player uh, uh, Taylor Rapp is. In my opinion, that's a play that an above-average safety, the way he played that was perfect, and he was in position, and he lined up, and the timing was wrong, right? So the timing was wrong. If that's an above-average safety, in my opinion, that's an interception. An above-average safety picks off that ball and changes the entire complexion of that ball game, even though the Buffalo Bills defense did play well, but – when Taylor Rapp came to the Buffalo Bills, he was thought of as uh, a future starter, that that replacement for uh, a Micah Hyde and 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 Jordan Poyer and or Jordan Poyer. He would take one of those spots because he's been a, a starter for the Rams and uh, he has that experience. But thus far, I haven't seen anything from Taylor Rapp. Now, I, I'm not saying that he can't be a rotational piece or a depth guy, but I haven't seen anything thus far to say, hey, this is a guy that we need to re-sign and have a, as a core piece and, and a, a starting safety for the Buffalo Bills. I do think that uh, Taylor Rapp is a solid player, but I don't, I just haven't seen starter and future buffalo bill from taylor rap so stock down is 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 taylor rap for me yeah and i think you know you're seeing more of him now as we mentioned with poyer being played in the backs a little more and it's you know you see him on the field but you don't hear his name too much i think he only had one tackle this past weekend so not much didn't really do too much on the defensive side but maybe he could start picking it up you know first year in this defense um we'll see if he can start to pick it up but yeah he he's he's had a rough go of it so far in buffalo hasn't really made too many impact plays or anything like that my stock down now you didn't pick the, one of the guys that i was going to pick so i'm going to go with i'm going to go with von miller and really it's, it's really? something that i don't again it's not something that i'm like super concerned about i, I do want to put that out there um, the only other I did have another guy. I'll just say who it was. It was another mm -hmm. guy who again didn't have a single tackle last game. So two all the two guys that are listed on our team that both had one QB hit, but neither of them got got any tackles. And it was Von Miller and Jordan Phillips. Jordan Phillips. So, yeah, yeah. I was going Jordan Phillips as well. He was just he was just there. Yeah. So Jordan Phillips and Von Miller and Jordan Phillips, I will say, has struggled mightily against the run. And that's mm -hmm. always been something I think that you, you know he's a pass rush defensive tackle. He's a, he's a 3T. So it, he, he's not going to be making those plays like Quan Jones is going to be in the run game or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But it, it's it's a little bit frustrating at this point. I loved everybody loves Jordan Phillips. I love Jordan Phillips, but he, he needs to make a few more impact plays for, for, for my liking. Von Miller, I'll give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Right. He, he's he's coming off at or ACL. Um, not fully playing every snap, which you're not never going to see on the defensive line for him. But it, it's just it's been a little lackluster since he's come back. You haven't really seen him get even the slightest bit of pressure too much, really. So it, it's been a little bit lackluster for him. But again, it's a major injury. So I'll give him a little bit of a, the benefit of the doubt. I'm not going to harp on him a ton. I mean, look at Trey White, right? Trey White came back. It really took until this season before, again, he got injured that he, you know, was – was struggling a little bit last season. You, you saw him coming back to form. So I think Bond still can. He's done it before. Um, and, you know, I think he can He can come back. But it's a little bit concerning. So I'm going to go stock down only a little to Bond. And it's amazing, right? And, and I don't disagree with your stock down. You feel the way you feel. But it's amazing that – it's amazing how 
these players are are viewed as 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 football players on the field and we kind of forget that these guys are human beings and everybody is different in terms of recovery and their healing process we look especially with, with age right we look at a guy like trey white who suffered his significant injury last year his first one and he had a mental hurdle going over it right and now we have von miller who suffered his injury last year this is his second acl injury and he's 34 35 years old and you know he's having his uh, I would say off to a slow start or struggles, right? But then you look at a guy like Brees Hall, who's a running back, and he tore his ACL, and he's having some success immediately after the ACL injury. So while I do agree with you, and I do feel that you know Von Miller is a shell of himself right now, I do take into account that you know he is 35 years old, and he does have a little bit more wear and tear on his body. So. Um, I, I, I like the, the Jordan Phillips as far as stock down a little bit more than Vaughn, but I get both, but Jordan Phillips more is, 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 is the, is the bigger disappointment. Jordan Phillips is, is a guy that in my opinion, he doesn't, uh, respect gap integrity. He's looking for the spat splash play. And I think that is where he gets in trouble. Yeah, and I, you know, I think again, it's for both of these guys. It could be a combination of this whole defensive line struggling, and it's you know, Von, as as Christopher brought up that I put up on the screen here. I'll bring it up again. Is you know, yeah, he could have had a few sacks. He could have gotten there. He could have gotten to the quarterback sometimes. Jersey was held here and there. Maybe he you know slipped or whatever. And it's just for I think a lot of us we thought you know maybe we'd see a little bit more Von you know knowing Von I mean everybody loves Von he's got that personality of oh this is I'm fine I'm gonna be coming back I'm gonna be better than ever mm-hmm. in reality though like you said it's a major injury it's mm-hmm. a major injury to come back from it's not the first time he's had to do it so yeah mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll I guess yeah I'll switch it around Jordan Phillips is my number one stock down where Von Miller's a tad stock down not too much or anything like that but mm-hmm. a little bit stock down got um like I'll move, we'll move though to the offensive side of the ball Mm-hmm. And the offside of the ball will start with stock stock down since we started with stock up there. And I'll start it off. I think again, there's three guys I think you could go with here. Honestly, mm-hmm. there's, there's a few more that you probably could go with. Um, but out of the people that played on Sunday, I'm gonna go with actually no, I'll let you go first because I might do a double again. Okay, okay. <laughs> so stock down on the offensive side of the ball. Um I, I I like the guy. I appreciate his efforts in terms of what he's able to do. I do think he has, pers- has some versatility, and I do think some of the struggles is a part of offensive execution and play call. But Latavius Murray, five attempts, seven yards. He's not getting into the end zone. And we, our, our, our thought process behind a bigger back is to alleviate pressure off Josh Allen in red zone situations. And that could become a fine line, right? Because we want to alleviate pressure from Josh Allen at the same time. There's been a lot of complaints about Josh Allen implementing his legs and, and him being a part of that 111. And I think Ken Dorsey and Cole did an excellent job doing that this past Thursday against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when he ran a few times, 41 yards and a touchdown. But um, 
I definitely think Latavius Murray is is a guy that has a stock down, and I think that is also a reason why a guy like Leonard Fournette is is involved into this equation because when we down at that goal line or we down at that red zone area and we don't want to utilize Josh Allen in, in between those big boys, we want to have somebody else to be able to have the physicality and, and a nose for the end zone. And I don't think thus far, for whatever reason, Latavius Murray has been doing that, especially at his size and, and the physicality that he brings. So stock down for me right now offensively is Latavius Murray. And Bob brings up a good point here that Murray has been, and he put the has down there. I know that the Mm -hmm. glass meant to be has, Um, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. Murray has been stuffed four times on the one-yard line line this year. I believe I saw actually that on on Twitter or X Mm -hmm. that it's the most in the league, and it's – it's I, something that you don't want to see from a guy that, you know, early on had a, got off to a great start first few games, right? He was a guy that really kind of was on stock. I think he might have been even a stock up for us one of the games. But it's been a rough past two or three games for him. He's been mm-hmm. starting the games, which I think makes it stand out more because you are mm-hmm. just seeing him start the games, and he's not doing much. Um, so I do like him. I agree with you that Leonard Burnett might be able to push him a little bit more and might be able to bring that other aspect that he's missing with Latavius Murray. Um, so what you got anything before I do my, my two, because that's I want to ask you something, mm-hmm. but it's actually why I did have you go first is because Murray was my third choice. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did have the other two, but go ahead. What do you got? So I, and I want to get uh, fans comments as well. Uh, I want to get your thoughts of the offenses that we see in as of late in the red zone going shotgun at the one yard line. Now, am I, am I bugging here? I, I, I get upset when guys are shotgun at the one yard line. And then I had to ask myself, you know what? Maybe this is a thing. Maybe it's a trend. What are your thoughts about going shotgun at the one yard line? Do you think that, this is just a passing league and what guys do, or do you think that it should be more team specific based on what type of roster you constructed and then you can attack based on the guys you have on your roster? I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Um, I don't, I don't hate it, mm-hmm. but I don't love it. I think when you have a guy like Josh Allen, who's six, five two thirty, 30, right? Like that can, is a big guy that's been shown he can he can put the ball in the end zone from the one yard line countless times. Even if it's not even just put the ball in the end zone, even it's fourth and one third one that you can just simply let him go under center and just push him forward and get it most of the time. Uh-huh. I, I think that's what you need to do at least on first and second down. If you're inside the five, I don't want to see shotgun until you're until it's third down. It's it's that simple. I just don't want to see it. Um, and especially with a team like this that has been struggling to get the ground game going and a lot of it out of the shotgun that they're struggling to get it going with. So I just I just think that, you know, and again, I'm going to bring Bob's comment up here. That you just I, was just about, I, was just, I was just about to say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I know that not every team is as great as the Philadelphia Eagles on it. Some teams do, you know. You, you miss on it, but at the end of the day, you have Josh Allen. You have a mm-hmm. six foot five. This is this is part of his game, right? Mm-hmm. I know you don't want to maybe risk him getting hurt, but at the end of the day, you're trying to win football games here. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm with you on on not. I don't even want him to go shotgun 
when they're on the other side of the field. I, I mean, I'm, I want him under center a lot of the time. Josh Allen's better under center, even if it's not inside the five yard line. He is, it's just this offense flows better when they're underneath under, under the center uh, 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 and not in shotgun. So I'm fully ready to say, even just, I don't even like shotgun in general. Um, with this team, you know, it, it opens up more things. Josh is such so good on and play action. I think it would open things up more. So I want to see more under center, not even just inside the five yard line, but everywhere on the football field. I like it. I like it a lot. I, I agree as well. Six five, two forty. You know what? Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles have plenty of tush push film out there. If you have to, if you have to get it and and, and evaluate it how it needs to be done correctly, uh, do it. Uh, Goal line, one yard line, one foot line, line up and, and and quarterback sneak the ball and let Josh Allen and let Josh Allen score. Yeah, even Dave here got got a good comment. Even if you're not like, just make them think it. Make them make them think that you know. Put Diggs on an island one on one. Make them bring everybody in except for one person. So, I, I think yeah, you gotta you gotta put him under center. You gotta do it. I mean, even when they're like I said, not even on inside the five, he's better under center, and I I, I like under center. Um. Yeah, guys. Were, were we on stock up right now? We, stock up. <laughs> we we're on we're on offensive side of the ball. You had two guys for stock down. I named yes. Latavius Murray, and then you had two guys for stock down. Yeah. So my my stock down. I'll do both of them again, and I don't think it's again something that these guys have done to themselves. I think it just happens to be what's going on with this offense. And I'm going to go with. Two guys that aren't even on the stat sheet. If you look at them, they're not even going to pop up. Deontay Hardy and Trent Sherfield. And that has to do with, I think, more Khalil Shakir than it does those two. Because Khalil Shakir had a phenomenal game. You know, they're seeing, you're seeing his snap count go up. Uh Or Hardy, I love what Hardy does with the ball in his hands, but we just don't see it enough. Sherfield has, he was the talk of training camp and just kind of nothing nothing really all year i think he has what one catch all season so it's been a quiet quiet year for him so i think this game hurts them even more i think their stock goes down again not because of what they've done on the field but what other people have done so i think because of shakir davis Diggs, and kincaid all having the games that they did i think that hurts those two and it will bring Mm -hmm. them down more and give them less opportunities in this offense you know what um I like that a lot. I like it a lot. It's just like it's, it's just like take 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 basketball for an example, right? It's like when you have a good basketball team and throughout the regular season, you're playing probably a 10 or 11 man rotation, right? You you're playing a, a lot of guys, but as the season starts to wind down and 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 the games get more important, you start to tighten up that rotation based on who's playing well and who's struggling. And right now, uh, the Buffalo Bills, they're struggling on offense a little bit, so they want to go with guys that's taking advantage of their opportunities. And when you see guys take advantage of their opportunities, the guys that weren't taking advantage of those opportunities are going to get less playing time. And uh, I, I think that's what's happening Right now, with uh, with Deontay Hardy and possibly Trent Sherfield, Khalil Shakir is is taking advantage of those opportunities, and the Buffalo Bills need as much offensive production as possible. And if they have to tighten up that rotation offensively to get that maximum production, so be it. 
Yeah, yeah, and it, you know, it's it sucks to see because I do like both of them. I, I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, even Hardy, every time Hardy gets the ball in his hands, it seems like he makes something happen, right? So I, I'm, and I get, I'm just going to bring Thomas's comment up here. Get Andy involved. I'm guessing you're talking about Andy and Isabella. He's a guy that, yeah, I mean, I'd like to see him get involved a little bit. But if we're going to do what we did last game, I'm fine with doing what we did last game every time and just having letting those four guys just rock until Dawson Knox gets back and then just get him in the mix a little bit. So. I wouldn't mind a little bit of Andy. Don't want a ton of him just because I like how the offense flowed last game. But Andy as well, it could be some guy that maybe, you know, he, he he's could get a little bit more uh, looks now due to Hardy and Sherfield not doing too much. Um, but we're going to go into our stock up here. Stock up. I'll go first. I'll just do it quick. I mentioned him a little bit. Khalil Shakir, I'm going to go with him. I mean, six catches, 90, 92 yards. Didn't get in the end zone, but just – Unbelievable game. He's a guy that you saw him get involved, get involved early. You know, he caught every every target that, that was thrown his way, every single ball that was thrown his way. So, Khalil Shakir, you're seeing his snap count go up, 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 up each game here. So, I, I would expect the same to continue, especially with Dawson Knox still out here. So, yeah, Khalil Shakir, he's going to be my stock up. Mm-hmm. And this is why I chose two because – I figured you was going to say Khalil Shakir. He was one of my guys to stock up as well. And that's an excellent selection. But um, actually, I chose three guys. And I said, if you chose Khalil Shakir, I'm going to skip the second guy and go to the third guy. And my third guy on stock up is actually Dawson Kincaid. Scoring his first touchdown of the season. Just, just the way he ran routes the other day, it seemed, it seemed like... Ken Dorsey took the training wheels off Kincaid a little bit. Earlier in the season, we saw like a lot of short, like like Cole Beasley 2.0, right? Uh, that's what I seen from Dalton Kincaid in the beginning. And that's and, and there's nothing wrong with that. And that's not a disrespect to Cole Beasley, but Dalton Kincaid offers so much more in the route tree. And I don't think we need to just peg him in a in a mold of. Okay, he's a he's a guy that can take advantage of zone defense, zone defenses and zone coverages. No, he's a guy that can take advantage in, uh, of guys in, in man coverage. He's a guy that can run every route in the route tree. And he's a guy that shows soft hands and displays the speed and physicality to do everything all over the field. And I think we saw a little bit of that against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Five receptions, 65 yards, and a touchdown. I love his utilization in terms of his route tree uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I want to see that continue to grow as the offense continues to evolve without Dawson Knox and without that 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 two tight end set as much, so to speak. Yeah, and I mean, I, I actually did have Kincaid as another guy that I had just in case you did go first. But yeah, Dalton Kincaid, I mean, mm-hmm. I believe he was one of our choices last week as well. I'm blanking on if it was me or you, but I think one mm-hmm. of us did choose him again last week, and mm-hmm. it's two in a row for him. So I'm loving what he's doing. I'm loving that they're they're expanding his route tree a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and even on his touchdown, you know, Allen rolls out. He's 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 getting open. He's, he's making trees. He's going to be available for his quarterback that's rolling out of the pocket. So uh, I'm liking Kincaid. We all knew what he can do, but I think it's now we're starting to see him get more and more involved. And I, I think everybody's loving it. Got to see him get in the end zone for the first time. Glad it happened in Buffalo. It's always awesome to see these rookies get in the end zone in Buffalo. So yep. we'll see what happens um, with, with him going on. But there's the stock up, stock down. 
Uh, I'll bring up some some other comments here before we get into the to the trade deadline talk. Uh, Quentin Morris, I believe you were talking about when I brought up Dal- Dalton being able to Dalton Kincaid having to help Dawkins block Hendrickson. That's a great point there, Thomas. Like Quentin Morris should be back to do that. Um, we got Dalton Kincaid taking Knox's spot. Now, I think, again, this is a different conversation that we'll definitely have down the line. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's really he's taking his spot. I just think we'll, we'll maybe see both of them used a little differently once Knox does come back. Mm-hmm. Um but, yeah, I mean, right now, if Kincaid keeps this up, we're going to see less and less of Dawson, Dawson Knox. Um, but that contract makes it a little tough. And then, you know, we have Cook. Need We need to stay stay away from two tight ends. So, but yeah, that's another good point is that we, they, they think that, you know, we need to stay away from the two tight end sets. I think we tried it early in season. But, yeah, I do think that they're going to maybe stray away from it a little bit, especially with Shakir doing what he's doing. So here's the thing with, with the two tight end sets, right? I think that it can work, but I think you got to have certain players, uh, certain t- a type of player for it to work. And I think right now, even though the Buffalo Bills do have some success and I do think they're going to run it and continue to run it, I do think Dawson Kincaid and Dawson Knox are kind of redundant. And because of their 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 redundancy, I think that it it it, it can – hold back the two tight end sets a little bit. I think both of them are solid receivers. Kincaid is the better option at receiver. And I think both are willing, but not great blockers. And I think when you have two guys that are like that, I think you have some advantages and I think you have some disadvantages. So I would like to see two tight end set with a guy that uh, has some receiving prowess, and then another guy that has uh, an above average uh, blocking prowess, but both guys can do both, just both do one better than the other. And I think right now they are redundant and we're, we're, we're having some struggles out of that redundancy. Yeah, I mean, like we said, we got a rookie tight end here. It's going to be a tough mm-hmm. learning curve no matter what, especially knowing that he was more of a pass catcher coming out than a blocker. So there will be mm-hmm. that learning curve with him, um, and we will – see this Sunday if he can help out Deion Dawkins with Hendrickson, as we said. Um, but let's get into the little trade tra- trade uh, trade deadline recap, and we're going to count even signings as well. They didn't do too much. Um, you know, they obviously brought in Rasul Douglas for, for a third, um, as well as you getting a fifth back. So you really go down two rounds to bring on Rasul Douglas. Uh, great trade, in my opinion. And then you can bring Len Fournette in for a guy with just some experience. Maybe it can be that goal line back for you if Latavius Murray continues to not be able to put it in. He's won a Super Bowl before, so he has that experience. Um, so I, I like the move so far. And then as Andrew here asked us, which which DT are they going to sign? There's Hicks, Sue. There's a lot of talk about them bringing in a defensive tackle. Um, and I do agree with you. Out of those two options, I would absolutely love uh, Akeem Hicks. I've always been a huge fan of Akeem Hicks. Um, but at the end of the day, we'll see what goes on there. So my question to you is, what grade do you give Brandon Bean? I'm just going to give him a quick A- minus because I don't think he went crazy. I think he did, you know, what I kind of expected to, maybe one move. Um, I liked the moves he made. You know, Fournette doesn't really jump off the table to me, but Rasul Douglas, scheme fit, still relatively young. You didn't give up a lot. You are getting, a, you gave up a third-round pick, which you're probably going to get back, get back from, from uh, Tremaine Edmonds leaving. So mm-hmm. you don't really lose anything. You gain a fifth-round pick for a guy that, that – 
is a good scheme fit and he's, you know, a lengthy cornerback and, you know, he's a solid guy. And from what I'm seeing, Green Bay fans absolutely loved him. Absolutely loved this guy on and off the field. And just even the players and everything were saying he's a great leader. So I think Brandon Bean nailed it, especially with the Bears being kind of annoying about Jalen Johnson to not just the Bills, but to everybody. So I'm going to give an A minus. Uh, I like it. I'm going to go ahead and give Brandon Bean a B plus. I'm going to go and give him a B plus for this. I I like the move. I don't think that the Buffalo Bills was going to do a plethora of moves, but I wanted to see uh, a move or moves to be done where it can help the Buffalo Bills this year and possibly next year. And that's what the Russell Douglas move does. It helps the Bills con- con- uh, contend this year, and it helps the Bills next year as well because he's under contract in 2024. And I and like you alluded to, having Tremaine Edmonds leave the Buffalo Bills and having that third round comp pick is like the Buffalo Bills really didn't give up anything. You know, I know that comp pick is going to be probably about 15 or 20 slots below the original third round pick, but to to get a player like a Rasul Douglas who is uh one of the best players you can you can get in the scheme that you run right and to get a guy like him uh, uh along with having your all your picks first second third fourth multiple fifth multiple six round picks i think the buffalo bills definitely set themselves up for success for now and in the future so i really really like the russell douglas move and the leonard fournette move is just uh you know, it's it's a this year move. I like it in terms of what he does bring. Uh, he brings a, a big body, six foot, 230 30 pounds. He can run in between the tackles. And in 2022 with Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he had 73 receptions coming out the backfield. So the Buffalo Bills are not tipping their hand offensively when he comes in the game, right? They can run the ball and they can pass the ball out the backfield. So I think he does add a dimension and provide something for the Buffalo Bills offense. And because of that, uh, I give the Buffalo Bills a, a solid B. Yeah. And I, I you know, I, I, I think with Leonard Fournette, it's just more of just a guy with experience that, that can, that can come in if you need him to, I don't think you're going to see a lot of him. I mean, he was arguably the worst running back in the league last year, number wise, but again, mm. he, he, he had to, he had to play on a team that wasn't, you know, the Bucks team that's that struggled here and there, that wasn't really the best team there was in the league and not not the greatest O-line. So I think, you know, that played a factor. I do think that he's not the same player he once was when they were calling him playoff line or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, he, he's a guy that can come in, maybe teach James Cook a few things as well as, you know, just alleviate some pressure off of Josh Allen when he comes into the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't expect a ton from him. And I expect him to be better than his numbers showed last year when he does get the ball. So I, I think that's a move that, you know, I like it. I don't love it. Um, I, I far from hate the move. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you're really going to get guys with more experience as well as more success in the league as a guy like Leonard Fournette. Um, I like it better than trading is for a guy as well. And then when it comes to just Rasul Douglas, as I mentioned, I think that, I also like it because there's a chance that you can extend him and it's not guaranteed next year. So that could be a talking point of, Hey, let's extend you for a year or two, have you for next two, three years, 
and then next year have you on basically nothing. So I think there's there's a chance there that you can see that happen. So I I, I like the moves. I think maybe A minus is a little. I, I I did teeter on B plus A minus. So that I'll be around there. I, like I went with I like A minus, but I just think for what the Bills cap space was, what the what their their whole situation was, I think it was a win in Brandon Book Bean's book, and I think a B. If you do a B every every single trade deadline, I think most of the times your fans will be will be happy with it. So. uh yeah, overall, I like the, de- the deadline. And I like the fact, and, and you know what else I like about it is, and it, it might be a small minor detail, but it's something that can be big later in the season. I I see where Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott is going. I see the, the, the different approach. You go ahead, you go get a, a big physical pa- a back end, Latavius Murray this offseason, right? It's kind of changing that approach a little bit. And now you're adding another big back in Leonard Fournette, who's a big boy. So now it's like there was all that talk with the Buffalo Bills. Are they built for their own city, right? The weather and running the ball and being physical. You can't just throw the ball when Buffalo weather and in December and January. So I do think they prepared themselves and they're built more for the Buffalo weather with the type of acquisitions they they've acquired in this past offseason now into the trading deadline. Yeah. And like we said, they didn't have much that they could have really done. Like I know everybody wanted Derrick Henry or trade for DeAndre Hopkins or just, you know, make a big time splash. But in reality, I think a lot of us knew that it wasn't realistic, at least for this, this, this regime and knowing how they, they, they don't want to give up a ton for just one year and then have to struggle for the next three, four years. They're going to want to keep it, you know, relatively, relatively easy and relatively not easy, but just just easier to than than if they did make one of those big moves. So I don't. I right. think for what what position Brandon Bean was in, John McDermott was in, with all these injuries happening, I think that they did a very good job at maneuvering throughout the deadline, getting a deal done. You know, relatively late, mm-hmm. especially you know everybody wanted Jalen Johnson, but it seems like the Bears were very heavy set on not you know giving up on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, then there's the aspect of they didn't give up on Kyrie Ulam, which I like, at least for now. I know that there was talk about maybe that the, a third round pick was offered mm-hmm. for him. I, I very and I, we even talked about it. I'd be very shocked at all if if that was true, just because one, what team is looking at Kyrie Ulam and sees what he's done since he's been in the NFL and saying that's mm-hmm. worth a third round. pick. Mm-hmm. I just don't see many teams doing that, especially because mm-hmm. he's not playing. Mm-hmm. And Brandon Bean, I think that if you're a guy that you're not even using the guy, I would be very shocked again if you don't just get – then you basically got – then you did get him for free, Rasul Douglas for free essentially if you do get a third-round pick out of him. So I, I don't I don't see where that came from. I think if they did, they'd be dumb to turn that down, but I just find it a little bit hard to believe that they actually got that – a third-round pick offered to them. Right, right. I would have to hear Brandon Bean, an oppressor, uh, say that himself out his mouth and then I would be shocked if he was to say that because me personally there's no disrespect to Kair either we had him on our broadcast a couple of times throughout the network uh, I think he's a fine kid but I would have jumped on that opportunity yeah, you know, yeah and so. I think also for him it would have been good to get him out maybe at a new, mm-hmm. new team to a new city mm-hmm. to kind of readjust um, but again I think I also think that Brandon Bean keeps going back to 
what he what happened with Wyatt Teller. And he's saying, uh-huh. I don't want the same thing to happen. So right. that's another reason why I'm like, okay, I'm glad we at least got to keep him. We didn't give him up for a sixth round pick. You know, we didn't do a pick swap just to get rid of him. You know, keep with him, see if he can turn it around. Um, but all right, so there's enough trade deadline talk. We only got a little bit of time left again, but you know, here we are. We got another game coming up. Um, big game again, Cincinnati Bengals mm-hmm. Sunday night. It's gonna be an emotional game. It's gonna be a big game, right? Four and three versus five and three. Both teams are starting to, you know, Bengals are starting to figure it out. Bills are trying to figure it out. So it's gonna be a huge, huge, huge game. Um, just what? Just start. What are your general thoughts on the game when you're thinking about it? What are you What are you thinking when you're looking at this matchup? Um, thinking when I'm looking at this matchup, I'm thinking about Demar Hamlin. I'm thinking about the incident. I'm thinking about is he going to be active this game? Is he going to be inactive? I'm I'm, I'm th- everything is 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 coming to full circle once again. Playing the Cincinnati Bengals in terms of 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 that moment, what happened, and then the moment of us playing the Bengals in the playoffs and losing is a is another thought that that immediate immediately comes up right all i heard was you know the buffalo bills they get home field advantage you know this is this is what we want all i heard was the cincinnati Bengals. they're not a good running team they struggle running the football this is what we want and then the games are played and the Cincinnati Bengals are running the football. They're being successful and they they did anything they wanted to do offensively and defensively. So those are, are, are things I think about along with the Cincinnati Bengals current team and, and what I saw this past weekend in terms of how they looked uh, like that well-oiled machine we saw in the playoffs in January. And now what are we going to do to combat this team that looks like it's ready to play its best game and best brand of football Sunday night against our Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a huge challenge, right? I mean, you got a team that Joe Burrow looks finally healthy. Jamar Chase is getting going. You know, T. Higgins still isn't, you know, obviously putting up the numbers he's used to putting up, but he's still, you know, doing great things. The defense is starting to kind of find their form a little bit. Um, and I know that we even saw Stephen saw coming earlier saying that they're not the same defense, and they're not. They're not the same defense. Let me see if I can. And yeah, Thomas here. The defense isn't as good as last year. They lost a lot of key players. I think that they could put some pressure. Yeah. And look, yeah, I agree that they're not the same defense as they were last year, but they still are a defense that we can't sleep on. They're not a mm-hmm. defense that's going to allow 50 points in a game. That's going to, you know, just let we're going to be able to run all over them or throw all of them. They're going to be a team that, that will make plays. Um, so when I'm thinking about this game, Demar is the, obviously the big one, which I'll ask you in a second what this game means to you. But when it comes to the football aspect of it, I think you're looking at two teams here that are seeing the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, they're six and two, but they're struggling a little bit. They're seeing the Chargers struggle a little bit. They're seeing that the AFC just kind of struggle. Teams that you maybe not would think don't struggle are struggling this year. The only team that really has stood out to me and that really hasn't struggled too much is the, the Baltimore Ravens. And that's a division team. So since he's got even more fuel to the fire to say, I, we want to catch those guys. We want to catch them. And the bills are saying, we want to catch Miami. This is a huge game for both of them. They both need it. They both are going to come out with guns blazing. So when I think of the game, I just think of how 
the NFL, I think, knew what they were doing, putting this in the middle of the season and saying this is going to be a phenomenal game. This is going to be a huge game, middle of the season. The, the, a lot of great games this weekend, but to finish this this weekend off, or not finish it off, but finish off Sunday with this game is huge. Going to be emotional. Going to be just a little bit of everything. Um, but you kind of did mention a little bit. What does it mean to you, though, as a fan who, like you said, watched them lose in the playoffs to the Bengals? Then before that, you watched DeMar go down in Cincinnati on Sunday night football late December. What does it mean to you to be able to see now DeMar coming back out here? Even if he doesn't play, he'll still be still be there. What does it just mean to you to be able to watch this this journey of this team make it make its way back to Cincinnati right now? You know, it's you know, it it it, it just it just thinks to all the sayings that are 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 around, right? Everything comes back, you know, full circle. You know, everything come back full circle in terms of in terms of what what we're doing and what we're seeing and what we're witnessing. And for us to to come back around to play the Cincinnati Bengals once again, it's 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 definitely emotional. But I think because of the loss, the way we lost and I think there was. There was some smack talking on the Cincinnati Bengals in when they did beat us, Joe Mixon and, and and guys. I think now it's more of getting back to football. And, you know, this this is the game where, you know, we had uh, the incident, we had the playoffs. Now this is the game where we can get back to football and and X's and O's and and how can we stop this team how can we stop mixing how can we stop jamar chasing guys so i think this game gets back to more more reality and i think this game is going to show more of a of a physical edge and more of a a distaste a distaste and, and displeasure from the players as opposed to the kumbaya moments they had to have because of of, of tragedy tragedy they've they they've witnessed in the past so uh, that's basically what I think about the whole Cincinnati Bengals, Buffalo Bills budding rivalry. Yeah, and I think it's a chance for, like you said, they can, you nailed it perfectly, they, they can get back to football. They could say, okay, maybe the game will start off. They'll, they'll, they'll say, you know, Demar's back. They'll, they'll let even Demar, and I, I know Demar doesn't, he, he's, this has helped him in a lot of ways become an advocate for, for you know, health and safety in the game. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. he, he does a lot with it. And, you know, honest, if because of it, but because obviously this is, this is a life changing thing that happened to him. Uh-huh. So I'm not, I, I but I want to be a him, him to be able to be able to be known as a football player also. Uh-huh. And I think this is a chance where, yeah, the game might start off. People are talking about how Jamar's back, Jamar's back, even if he's not playing, it's a win. But now he's all be, being able to now look, be looked at as a fo- football player, I think. And I think, you know, David, again, I'm going to bring up your comment. They looked like an emotionally tired football team in the playoff game last year, and a lot went wrong. And I think now you can finally say, all right, we're going to put the emotions of that game last year behind us. We're back here in Cincy. Let's go win a football game. And I think DeMar is going to be a huge, huge motivational factor for this team Sunday, whether he plays or not. So, yeah, it's it's a chance to be able to say, you know what? No, this, this, this rivalry and, you know, the games that have happened in the past, yes, DeMar is a big – the Jamar incident is a big situation that happened and a big uh-huh. topic between this rivalry. But what is the biggest part of this rivalry? And it is the fact that these two teams, when they play each other, 
it's usually in big games. They're usually big games, whether the Bills will get blown out or not. It, it's it's always a big game. So I think we're finally going to get back to football, like you said. And on the topic of the game itself, I'm going to ask you one question before we get into our predictions and our hot takes. What do you think, though, when you're looking at this game, is the biggest challenge for the Buffalo Bills against the Cincinnati Bengals team? Biggest challenge for the, the biggest challenge. I think there's a plethora of challenges, right? But the biggest challenge, you know, you know, and, and before I say the biggest challenge, I think the Cincinnati Bengals mentally think that they're their big brother and we're little brother. That's that that's that's the way they talk about the way they talk and the way they, you know, the swag that they got and the way they address us when they when talking about the Buffalo Bills. They have this big brother mentality. They the little brother, yeah. They we know they, these guys. Are, are good teams, but they're not better than us. And that's something that I know that uh, we have injuries and we have significant injuries, but that's something I would love to change going against Cincinnati this Sunday night. That is, that is, that is something that I think we can, we can change as a football team, but um, getting into my biggest concern is the wide receiving core, you know, specifically, you know, Jamar Chase, I'm glad we got Rasul Butler. How quickly can he play? I know he's not a short, a shutdown corner in terms of, you know, taking the whole side of the field away, but in terms of playing that zone coverage and that zone scheme and, and having the attributes and the ability and to possess the, the things he possesses, he does it so well and is a seamless fit. And I think he would be a, a, a major, major contributor, even not knowing as much as the play, of the playbook for this Sunday night because Jamar Chase is, is definitely uh, a big problem. Last three games, 31 receptions, 372 yards, four touchdowns. You know, he's, you know, I, I, I watch his interview at least once a week since he, since he said it. He says he's always bleeping open and looking at him the last few weeks, it looks as if he's right. So the Buffalo Bills DBs, their cornerbacks, their defensive line getting pressure on Joe Burrow. Uh, I think they're up to a, a, a very, very big challenge this Sunday night. And that is these doggone Cincinnati Bengals wide receivers. Led by yeah. Jamar Chase. Yeah, I'm going to piggyback off you a little bit there. Um, I, I had just simply disrupting Joe Burrow. That's what they need to do. And I think that, mm. that part of that is because of what you said. They have all these weapons that if you're going to want to win this game and you're going to want to stop this offense, it's going to be you're going to have to get in Joe Burrow's face. You're going to He showed last week he's healthy, man. He's healthy. He's going to be able to use his legs, whether it's escaping pressure or just simply pulling the ball down and running it. He's back fully. And he's able to use his legs. I think the Bills, like I said earlier, they only had four sacks in the past two games. They need to they need to get pressure on Joe Burrow. They can't let him sit back there and find Jamar Chase and find T. Higgins and get it to Joe Mixon out of the back. They, they cannot let the Tyler Boyd, right? You have so many guys. You can't let him just sit back there. You got to get into his face. You got to disrupt him and make him uncomfortable, mm-hmm. which in turn will take pressure then off of your your defensive backs especially if you have Russell Douglas playing who like you said won't fully know the playbook yet so it's a lot that I think that this this defense is going to be in for a huge challenge biggest challenge arguably of the year I know the Dolphins game that was different but but they still had some guys that they're missing this game so I think it's even bigger challenge this week than it was against the Dolphins because of who they're missing now Um, they're missing a few more guys than they were that game against Miami so it's going to be a huge challenge I think 
one keeping the receivers close, to, you know, close to mm-hmm. you on net, like stay on his on their hips. Mm-hmm. But you also can't let Joe Burrow just sit back there all day and let him pick apart, you know, our defense, mm-hmm. throw it left, right, middle, mm-hmm. everywhere, everywhere across the field. This offense is rolling now with the Bengals. This defense is rolling, or this, this this whole team is rolling for the Bengals right now. So I'm saying disrupt Joe Burrow. The defense is at the bottom line is if you haven't if you're listening to both of our challenges, biggest challenges of the game, if it's not evident, mm-hmm. the biggest challenge is gonna be this defense. This mm-hmm. defense is gonna have the biggest challenge by far. The offense mm-hmm. should be better than the defense this game. That's mm-hmm. just a fact. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna be a huge challenge, whether it's facing the receiver, stopping Joe Mixon with again a depleted front four, or just even getting to Joe Burrow. So I think you could sum it up and just say the biggest challenge is defense. That's uh-huh. it. But when we're talking specifics, like you said, stopping these receivers, getting a Joe Burrow. Those are the two things, man. Hey, hey, and I, I don't want to discredit. I know, and and defense is we spoke about it is is a huge part, maybe the biggest part. But let's not discredit coaching in this matchup. Let's not yeah. let let's not Lou and 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 Arumo, the defensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals. He is probably going to be getting some head coaching opportunities at the end of this season, and. As a fan, right? As a fan, as a content creator, I don't want to. I don't want to have a post game or come back next week and talk about how vastly outcoached Ken Dorsey was, or how vastly outmatched he was against the Cincinnati Bengals defensive coordinator, or how our coaching staff was outcoached by the Cincinnati Bengals coaching staff. I hope our coaching staff is ready to come and deliver their best game as a staff because. If if we lose the game, if, if we lose the game and it's, it's it's lack of execution and the players just just outplayed our players, that's that's one thing. It's unacceptable, of course. We're going to talk about it, but that's one thing. But getting uh, outplayed and outcoached is is a completely another another ball game, and that's where that's that's something that I want to avoid and and hopefully. Our coaching staff is ready to to coach against another above average coaching staff with a very good ball club. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's gonna come like you said right before we even got into either of our challenges. You could go down the line that these there's challenge after challenge in this game. It's gonna be Sean McDermott versus you know the, the uh, was, uh Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor. Uh-huh. It's gonna be the head versus head coach versus head coach, uh-huh. offense coordinator versus defensive coordinator. Uh-huh. It's gonna be everything past Josh Allen versus Joe Burrow. Uh-huh. It's gonna be everything you can imagine. I, I'm I could see it going a million different ways. I uh-huh. can see every which way you think I could see the Bengals blowing the Bills out, I could see the Bills blowing the Bengals out, I could see it being a close game. Uh-huh. So it, it's gonna be a wild one. So we'll get into our predictions now. Predictions uh-huh. and hot takes. Uh-huh. Would you like to go first and get yours? Sure. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. The Buffalo Bills lose this game 31-17 to the Cincinnati Bengals. Right now, I think, and and, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And, and and if I'm wrong, I'm probably going to pick the Bills to lose next week just to keep the tradition going. But uh, uh, right now, I'm just, it's, it's like, again, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong and I don't know what I'm talking about, but. Joe Burrow right now, he's 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 finally healthy. Uh Jamar Chase is, is well involved. T. Higgins hasn't hasn't gotten involved like he's been in years past. But for some reason, when when teams play the Buffalo Bills, they find themselves. Certain guys find themselves. And those those are some fear factors that I have. And 
And the fact that Daquan Jones is again missing like he was last year uh, or earlier this year in the playoffs, we saw the ability they had to run the ball without Daquan Jones eight months ago. Now it's like history repeating itself. And even though I hope history doesn't repeat itself, I, I have a feeling that it might. So unfortunately, I'm going Cincinnati Bengals here, 31-17. Apologize, comment section. Don't roast me, but that's how I feel right now. Hey, I you know, I was I will say I was close to picking the Bengals as well. And when I originally wrote the score down, I just originally said 44-42 someone. Mm. Someone. It's just going to – I don't know. Like I said before, before this, I have no idea how this game is going to go. No idea. Mm-hmm. It could be 17-10 for all we know. It could mm-hmm. be 55-3. to it, I don't even – I have not a single clue what to expect this game. So I'm going to go with a high-scoring affair and the Bills winning 44-42 because I would absolutely – I think it would be the game of the year if that's the outcome. That would be the game of the year. <laughs> so I'm going to go with that. Will I be shocked if – if the Bills, like I said, get blown out? No, not at all. This is a very good Cincinnati team. The Bills are still trying to find, you know, this offense. They're trying to find the defense right now with Rasul coming in and injuries happening. So it could be a bloodbath, and it could be a Bills lose a close one. So though that's my prediction. I got my hot takes here, and I'm actually going to take this hat off. And I'm going to go ahead. Oh, see, my hair's a mess, but I'm going to go ahead and put this one on because I know it's hot. We're doing our hot takes. Mm-hmm. But I, I just got a feeling that the cold front's going to be coming back. Oh. And I think this defense, one of my hot takes, is this defense is getting five sacks, at least. Mm. They've been str- – I mentioned it earlier. They've been struggling, right? They've, been, they've only had four sacks in the past two games. They're due. They're due, they're due, they're due. I think that this could happen. I think that they really could get five sacks. Do I expect it? Maybe not, because this is a hot take. But I, I, this defense has shown it's fully capable of getting five plus sacks. I think this defensive line gets back, back right up, uh, right on the get, gets going again and gets their gets their legs back under them, and uh, they get they get five sacks. So that's my first one. Mm. I got two more as, as always. So Josh Allen, I think he gets over four hundred plus passing yards. I think that he's going to have to to win this game if they want to win this game. Josh Allen's going to need to get three fifty plus at least. Mm. So I'm going four hundred, and then I said the score was forty four forty two. I think the Bills win it on a 50-plus yard walk-off field goal by Tyler Bass. That's my hot, hot That's interesting. Mm -hmm. So I know they're hot takes, but I think the cold front's coming back, so I got the winter hat on. It's getting cold out, right? It's getting cold out. We saw Jordan Phillips with the jacket on in practice. We saw that that, that little video. He's got his huge jacket, so – I think that this 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 defensive front, this this cold front can get going again. I know it hasn't been the best few past few weeks, but those are my three hot takes. I like it. I like it, man. I like it a lot. And I hope and I hope they I, I hope they come to fruition. Fruition. Yeah. Because that would be an uh, amazing victory for the Buffalo Bills. But uh I got two hot takes. One, it was kind of similar to to your Tyler Bass. Uh 60 yard field goal from Tyler Bass this game. I think he's I think he's gonna hit a 60 yarder. Uh he's been he's been struggling the last couple of weeks in terms of getting his foot in with missing field goals. And I think uh this game he'll find his footed and hit a, a 60 yard. So that's the first hot take. The second one is Dawson Kincaid. We watched him get in the end zone for the first time last week as a Buffalo Bill. This week we will see Dawson Kincaid get in the end zone two more times. Multiple touchdown game. 
from Dalton Kincaid this week for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. I mean, uh, Dalton Kincaid, we've been waiting for it for a while. We've been waiting for mm-hmm. it for the first couple games here, and I think, he, like you said, he's going to start getting going. Mm-hmm. I do want to bring up just a few um, few of these hot takes. we got a lot of – you guys are awesomes right now. Awesome, awesome, yep. Some awesome takes here. So I'll bring up Thomas first. DeMar Hamill has a fix, pick six this game. Now, if he plays, he plays and has a pick six, you can, you can just throw everything out the window. That would be the coolest thing. It'll be cooler than than last year when Naheem Hines returned the opening kickoff. Right, of that the game after, that would be awesome. So I don't know if you got any take on this one. This one, this one might be the best best one I've seen. Thomas, great idea, great great one coming up with that one. Um, I like it. Next up, we got Vaughn gets two sacks, Oliver gets two, and Epinesa five two and a half. So that would go with five plus sacks. My five plus sacks. I would that would be awesome. I mean, I think Epines is having a huge year. I couldn't see that happening at Oliver again. The all three, all two, both of those guys, Oliver and Epines, are having big years. Vaughn, maybe one of those, hey, I'm still here type of games. And he it's, it's another game where he says, No, I'm this is I, I'm I'm the future Hall of Famer here. I'm the future Hall of Famer. So I like that one. And then we got one more hot take from Justin. I think the Bills will have multiple fourth town conversions. I would again that one I could see. I think out of all of the Three of those, I think that's the, the, the yeah. one we can see the most. Big mm-hmm. game, Sunday night, last week, a lot of heat not, not going for it. This week, mm-hmm. I could see it. So I like that one, Justin. I like it a lot. And then we got some score predictions here. We got Matt with 37 to 29 Bills. Bill. Another close game. It looks like we got all one-score games here, mm-hmm. which then David here with 31-30. Mm-hmm. Maybe Bills walk-off, 50-yarder. Um, mm-hmm. And then <laughs> we got a little 31-23 from Tabas there. So, I, I again, love all those takes. I love all those scores. I, th- I think, you know, if if any of those come true, I'll look back at the end of the game and I'll give a shout-out at the end of the game or next game. That's a fact. Um, yes, sir. If, if, if they end up, you want know, you guys end up getting it right. But that, you know, awesome hot takes. You guys were awesome this whole show. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's gonna, mm-hmm. We're going to wrap it up here now. This, that's going to do it for us. But – Another great show. I mean, yes. got, to, got to talk about a lot. Trade deadline, Bills versus Bucks, preview of the Bills Bengals. It's going to be an emotional one, right? And then right here before we hop off, Justin, agree with A. Rich. I see the Bengals winning this one. I hope we're wrong. Yeah, I think, you know. I hope we're wrong too, bro. I hope we're wrong, bro. Yeah, it's, it's you know, that's how it's going to be. And then we got to go Bills here from Thomas to end it off. So we'll see you guys next time. It's been an awesome one. Akeem, you got anything last before we hop off here? Uh, you know, big game this week. Big game. Obviously, you saw my prediction. Uh, I do not want that result. Uh, the Buffalo Bills uh, trade deadline. We'll see if these guys play. Leonard Fournette, Rasul Butler. Uh, we need Josh Allen to be Josh Allen, right? He was 31 for 40 last week. Completion percentage is first in the NFL. We need that offense to to start to to run and be consistent now if you want to beat a team you want to go into cincinnati and beat a team like that a super bowl contending team that looks like the strongest out the bunch in the afc right now you we we're definitely going to have to play 60 minutes of football on both sides of the ball especially offensively so uh i can't wait for the game and 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 hopefully we can come out uh on top and and go into a week where the, the 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 media will start to take the Buffalo Bills seriously again. Uh, yeah. A Rich, go Bills! Yeah, and it's been you know another big game coming up. Mm-hmm. Big, a lot of big games this weekend. So if you're watching football, enjoy it. Have a great rest of your week, everybody. Appreciate all you guys in the comments. Be sure to go. I say it every game, every time. Be sure to go check out 
the other other shows here mm-hmm. on Built in Buffalo's mm-hmm. channel. Mm-hmm. Lance is one of them. We got Lance's comment up here. He does a great job with his show. Be sure to go check everything out. Like, comment, subscribe. We really appreciate all of you guys for everything that you guys do for Built in Buffalo here. So, again, we'll see you guys next week. Enjoy your guys' rest of the week. As always, go Bills. Go Bills.